You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. I am excited about this because you'd mentioned Isaiah 11, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, that is a pivotal chapter, but also a chapter that can be very difficult for us to understand. And so I'm just so grateful that we have uh, you here to make some sense of our biblical studies here. So, um, Kelly, I, I'm just um, I'm glad we have it going on today. I am too, Jeff. We're ready for you to, to break it down and teach us. You know, in, in, my, in my own personal quiet time this morning, I read Psalm 122, which talks about Jerusalem and God establishing that. And, and uh and here of course um you know there uh, this follows on the heels of Isaiah 7 where there's the threat of the destruction of the royal davidic line and and then and then uh goes back to Genesis 49 where God where God, God promised the scepter would not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until it comes into the hands of Shiloh which is a title for the Messiah, he to whom it, it belongs. So here um, there is, and then Isaiah 9, of course, gives the promise, uh, describes the prophecy about the Messiah becoming king. And so here, this talks about the, 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 the preservation of the Davidic line, Messianic line, um, that, that was being threatened. It was, you know, it appeared, like it might be wiped out due to the um, to the sin of the people, and that God was preserving the line. You know, it's so incredible that God is so faithful. He he made a brit olam, an eternal covenant with Israel, and so here um, he says a shoot will come forth from the from the from the stump of Jesse. Uh, that that term talks about. It appears that the tree's been chopped down. It's not there. It's not living anymore. But God has preserved this shoot, this shoot that comes from the, from the line of Jesse. I think one thing that's fascinating about it is that God finds a way to get Jesse into it. Because after, after David, you, you don't hear about Jesse a whole lot. But it's important to bear in mind that God never forgot, forgot the Jesse, uh, the father of David, and, it's, and a branch. Netzer is the word. Nazareth, Natsareth, comes from this word. And so even when, when the, the leaders um, refused to acknowledge Yeshua as the Messiah, every time they called him the Nazarene, they were calling him by a messianic title. And it says, in uh, a branch, God will preserve a branch. It will come out, out, out of his roots. This is the Messiah, and he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and insight. You know, that, that this one, chokmah, um, is, is a word that in, in, in Proverbs, uh, you know, the, 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 it talks about wisdom, and, and, and that wisdom ultimately is resident in the person of the spirit of the Lord. And so this one, this one has the fullness of the, wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit of wisdom and insight, the spirit of counsel, one of the Messiah, one of the titles that is used 
for the Messiah in, 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 Isaiah, in, in Isaiah 9, Peleo 8, wonderful, supernatural, divine, divine counselor, um, spirit of knowledge and, and, and might, strength, the, 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 the spirit of knowledge, da'at. Uh, Proverbs 1 says, says da'at, is that 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 that, uh, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the at? It is this one fears the Lord, and it says, and so it says. Not only does he have the spirit of knowledge, but that comes from the reverence his connection, reverence rather his connection to the spirit of God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the at. It is the first fact of wisdom. And it says he will delight, his delight will be in in the fear of the Lord, the reverence of, of the Lord, that he is such an esteem. Why? Because nobody has more esteem for a father than a son. <laughs> and so this is a, an implication of the sonship of, of, of the Messiah. That to, to the point that it says he will not judge by what his eyes see. One of the things that that comes to me every time I, I think about the, the, this passage is how dependent a, a president, governor, congressman, senator, state legislator is a, 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 a judge before he decides, like he, he, even the Supreme Court. They have, they have uh, people, they have clerks who research the law, the attorneys give arguments and file briefs um, because before they decide, they want to know as much as, as they can. This one is so wise. It says he, he will not judge by what his eyes see. He doesn't need anybody to advise him. He intuitively, instinctively knows why because he's the source of all knowledge. He's the source of all wisdom, and nor decide by what is easier. He doesn't need advisors. He doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need a cabinet or a minister of defense or a minister of the interior because he intuitively knows it all. There are a lot of us who claim to know it all or act like, like we know it all, but this one really does. And instead, with righteousness, he will judge the poor. In other words, He's not. He doesn't just claim to know it all. He knows. He he has he has tzedakah. He is he has he is righteousness. He's straight. He will not. But with and decide with fairness for the poor of the earth. And he will strike the land with the the rod of his mouth and with the with, with the breath of his lips or the spirit of his lips. He will slay the, the, the wicked, and righteousness will be the belt around his loins, and faithfulness. Develop. Everywhere you look at this person, he, he is doing the right thing. He's making the right choices. He loves people. And the result is, it says, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the, and the yearling to, 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 together, that he will intuitively, instinctively know all these things and he will do the right thing. And the result is real peace for the world. And I think of Isaiah 2 where, where it says uh, it, it says it will come about in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord 
will be exalted above the mountains and raised above the hills, and all the nations will flow to it. Result is the nations will beat the swords into plowshares, the spears into pruning hooks, and nations will, will, will not take up war again. And so a nursing child will play by the cobra's hole, and a weaned child will put his head into a viper's, put his hand rather into a viper's den, and they will not hurt or destroy. And all my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of Adonai as the waters cover the, the cover the sea. And for people who who really have an ambition for world peace. Um, if you're a real idealist, you want Yeshua to come because he puts it all together. He is he is Sar Shalom, according to Isaiah 9. He's the administrator, the Prince of Peace. Well, and that kingdom covers all of the earth is what it's really is trying to say to us, that the coverage of that, right, as the waters cover the sea, there is no place on earth in which God's kingdom will not reign. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The knowledge of the Lord will blanket the sea, will and will 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 will, will blanket the earth like the waters cover the sea. Water covers seventy one percent of the surface of the earth, um, but there will be there will be that leaves twenty nine percent for dry land. But even the dry land will be covered with the with the, the knowledge of the Lord. It works both ways uh, that people will know the Lord, and and and, and the Lord will know them. <laughs> I I I think of the words that Yeshua spoke in the Gospels. Many will come and say, "Didn't we do this in your name? And didn't we do that in your name?" And he he will say. Depart from me, I never knew you. And so there are people who claim to know God. But you know what what's crucial is that God knows them. And by in the, 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 the Hebrew concept of that means relational knowledge, that they're in relationship with him. Not just that they memorize the Bible verse or something, but they have a personal relationship and that comes of course through receiving the Messiah, knowing him, having having him in our lives. I, I think, you know, um, one of the things that amazed me is there are a lot of people that I've met over the years who have said, well, I've always loved God or I've al- always known God or, um, or, or there's a phrase, I received Jesus into my heart when I, I, I was a child. And that phrase was designed to be able to evangelize children. But it's really kind of content-free. I mean, it might be true that the person's born again. Because some, sometimes we ask people to, um, you know, to receive him in, in, into the heart. Uh, but I remember when I, when I was four years old, I made a, a profession of faith. It was not till, uh, when, till I was 12, one, one night... I, I, I had turmoil in, inside, and uh, I, I mentioned to my mom. You um, told her about it, and she, she, being a basically nonverbal twelve-year-old boy, uh, she said, "Well, why don't, why don't you go to bed? Maybe it's something you ate." And and in the morning, I climbed out of bed at six in the morning and went and found her, and she was up. She was reading her Bible, and I told her, "Mom, I still feel it." And and 
we went, went through the scriptures, and, and of all places, we found a scripture in Job that pointed out that I'd never had a repentance experience. And so even though since for eight years, I, you know, I made the claim I received Yeshua into my heart when, a, you know, um, it, was, it had been content-free. So when I was 12, that's when I actually re- received the Messiah mm-hmm. because I had a, a repentance experience. So. Hmm. That is quite, quite a testament. I, you know, I'm thinking that has got to be really a wake-up and a, a ministry moment for a lot of people listening this morning. I am so glad you shared that, Jeff. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, and God has maintained and, and sustained, just like he's been sustaining, sustaining Jerusalem. We're coming up with a Passover in, in a couple of, in, 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 in a couple of months. And that is the statement, you know, we, we, we need to, to renew it every year. It reminds us, you know, um, to tell the story again. That's what Passover is all about. It is retelling mm-hmm. the story of what God did, and, and, you know, just the reminder, if anybody's forgotten about it, you know, that God not only brought us out of, the, out of Egyptian slavery, but he sent the Messiah and brought us out of con- continu- uh, eternal separation from him. Mm. Well, thank goodness for his compassion, mercy, and his grace to rescue us. And of course, you know, when I think about the uh, very fact that there are over 300 different prophecies, messianic prophecies that point to Jesus, and that they're all fulfilled in the one individual, it is just mind-boggling to look at things that were written eight and five hundred years before, even earlier, and see how can we deny, how could anyone deny, how could the Jewish leaders of the day have denied the Messiahship of Christ? It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we have a Bible study on, on Tuesday night, and we've been taking a different approach to Messianic prophecy because we... People tend to cite the same prophecies, which is still true, but there is a whole, there's a whole theme, the whole series of of messianic prophetic themes that pervade per, 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 per the Bible. We've been looking at themes that that, as a rule, we don't hear, we don't even think about. But, yeah. You know, this Psalm says that, or Jeremiah says this. And uh, and so it is per- so pervasive that the Messiah, God, is interested that root of Jesse, that that stump of Jesse, that root of David, um, uh, came and he's the answer to the whole world, the whole world, and someday he's going to rule the whole world from Jerusalem, and every single one of us needs him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So get your Tickets now. <laughs> Get your tickets now. I love it. Love it. Well, I want to encourage folks to go on YouTube or on Facebook and seek out Messianic Congregation Sha'ar Yeshua on Friday evenings at 730. You can join up for the uh, 
it's Shabbat services that are broadcast live on those platforms. But you can also attend in person if you're up in that northeast corner of Indianapolis. I want to encourage you to seek them out and to go and participate and see Rabbi Jeff. Go up and say Shabbat Shalom, my friend, because that's what's going to happen when you walk through the door. Uh, you will have a dozen people who will say that as you are greeted and welcomed into their congregation. It is a wonderful place to be. Hey, Jeff, you had mentioned, because it, it triggered the reminder in my mind also, because you, you kind of tongue-in-cheek said, get your tickets now. But that reminded me of the Passover sale <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. That's right. How early can we get tickets for that? You want to you wanna throw out a plug for that? Because that is, uh, I know, a popular event to uh, come to that your church is going to be doing. And, um, man, I would love for people to, to be aware of what's happening and for everybody to come and pack the place out. Well, they, 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 they actually get, get, get them now. They actually have to have them by April the 7th. Uh, the date for the Seder is April, April 28th. By the way, thank you guys for allowing me to put in the plug because uh, so people don't want to wait till, till the very end. Uh, they, they need to have the, the, their tickets by the 7th of, of April. The Seder is actually April 28th in the evening. That's a Sunday. It's at Rich Charles and Carmel on Meridian Street, and uh, you know. So if, if they go to our website uh, and they go to the events page, um, they can find some information, and there is a link where they can download a flyer, which gives them all the information: how much the tickets are, uh, where, where, where to mail their checks, and all all that stuff. So we'd love to have them. Uh, you know, uh, we, we'd we'd lo- love to ha- have them and lo- love to to celebrate the Seder with them. Seder means order, and so it is it is the order of praising God for His deliverance. And it is an incredible event. I encourage people to go right on to shotrayshua.org and get the information there. And we'll set up a text as well, that keyword that you can send in, and we'll link to that in just a few minutes here this morning. Well, Rabbi Jeff, thank you so very, very much. I hope that you have an incredible day. Same to you. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.